Hi, I'm Pastor Nick with Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us in our online service. If you're interested, we also offer in-person service every Sunday morning at 1030. We have Wednesday night activities for youth, kids, and college age every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And there's food there. So, now, let's see what the pastor has to say. Our efforts, it's genuine because the Spirit of the Holy God that has given us these things is evident in our lives and living through us. Jesus had a command for his disciples in, in Matthew chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, open there real quickly. Matthew 5, 10. This is what he says. Matthew 10, 7, forgive me. Matthew 10, 7. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. That is the responsibility of every believer here today. That we would understand what it means to have a heart that has been yielded to God. A heart that's been given to Him, yielded to Him completely, and is His to do with as He chooses. That's not an easy thing for us to do because every one of us in this heart, in this room today, have our own hearts and we think we ought to decide the directions that we go, the things that we do, and the things that we say. Uh, but the message of what this is all about is, and that's what Charlie was alluding to just a second ago, I'd ask you a question, why do you think Paul and Barnabas went back to all these places where they had all the difficulties? I'll tell you why. They had a heart for those people. Number one, because they loved Jesus Christ and knew what it meant to give their lives and hearts to Him. Number two, it was because they loved those people. We are called to love one another. John shares that with us. If you have your Bibles open, turn to 1 John. Uh, this won't be on your list, Nick. 1 John 4, 15 through 16. 1 John 4, 15 through 16. Whoever confesses that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he is in God. We have come to know and have believed that the love that God has shared with us is about that relationship. That's basically what he's saying. And then he says this. He says, God is love, and the one who abides in God knows love. God abides in him. That's the way it works in our lives. When we trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we have his presence living within us. And the strength that is ours, the hope that is ours, the lives that are ours in him are what we use to make a difference. It's not about what we know. It's not about who we know for sure, except for him. Paul talks about that all the time. I know nothing but Jesus Christ, his crucifixion, his resurrection, and his life in me today. That's the call that every believer here today should be living. And it's a message, when you think about it, it's a message of what real love is all about. Because real love is not easy. That being what God has called us to be, missionaries to this community, to our neighborhood, to our friends, to our family, it's not easy. All of us are called to share that message of Jesus Christ and his love in us in a way that the world would see and know what that path is all about. And then i tell you what we don't do. Students, are you listening? This is the way it goes. 
Adults, are you listening? It isn't easy. There's nothing easy about it. Chances are, if your Christian walk is easy, you're on the wrong path. But what God has done is he's given us not this building, but the body that is gathered here that we might do it how? Together. We do it together. Paul and Barnabas didn't go back when they went back on this trip just to share the good news. They went back to confirm that message lived out in the lives of those that they loved. And they sought to share that love with them closely. I think there's three things that we see in the passage that Charlie shared with us earlier. First, the passage of missions, the path of missions, isn't an easy one. I want you to think about what's coming up on Wednesday. And guys, if you don't know it, Valentine's Day is this Wednesday. So put that on your calendar. But I want you to think about this. Loving someone isn't easy. Again, 51 years, you can ask Karen. She'll confirm that. Loving me is not easy, all right? Because there are times in my life when I am not lovely. Uh, and there are times in my life when I make mistakes and say things and do things that are wrong. But there's one thing I do know, and that is that Jesus Christ is in Karen's heart, and she knows me and she loves me the same way he does. And I thank God for that. That's the, that's the only thing I can hope for, is her forgiveness and her love because of that faith that she has. Uh, in our lives, we've walked some pretty rough paths in the past. When Karen was four months pregnant with our son Matthew, something like that, Bob got the great idea when we went to the Smoky Mountains, it'd be a good idea to walk the Appalachian Trail. And so we walked, we did, we walked about four miles of the Appalachian Trail together. And then I couldn't figure out why Karen gave out. Uh, I just couldn't figure that out, why she couldn't just keep going, just push on, keep going. But she still stuck by me all the way, even, even though there was one time where I was headed up the path and she was headed down the path. I got the word on that pretty quick. On Sunday afternoons while we lived in Texas, what happened was we walked around the area down in Goat Neck, and it was a pretty rugged area in the Brazos River Basin. And we would walk in the heat of the sun and the cold of the winter, and we walked all over that county, all over Johnson County, down there where the church was. Ask, her, ask Karen about the rattlesnake at the Hasty Place after the service. You want to hear that story, that's a good one. We've walked together many times, many days. We did that just this past weekend. And that walking together is sometimes easy and sometimes difficult. Sometimes if we have a loving relationship with one another, what happens to us is that we end up caring one another. And that's not a matter of Karen trying to, can you imagine Karen trying to carry me? I think I could do her pretty easily, but I can carry, no way physically. She, you know what? I shouldn't say that. I, I bet if I had a problem, I guess Karen would drag my lifeless body as far as she could get me, all right? She would try to do the most that she could. Why? Because she loves me. Why did Paul and Barnabas go back to those places where there was so much trouble? Why did they, why did they go to a place where they knew Paul, Paul hadn't almost been stoned. Paul was stoned and left for dead. 
Does that sound like the vacation that you'd like to take? Does that sound like the place that you want to go? On the surface, I'd say most of us would say, no, no way, I'm not doing that. But now I'm looking at real friends, and I'm thinking of real parents, and real aunts and uncles and real grandparents. You have a family member that's having a rough time. What do you do? I know you. I've been here for a year. I know that you do everything you can to try to bring that one back. The path that they are may be the wrong path, but you're not afraid to go on that path to reach them and draw them back to the one that loves them. That's what this message is about. It is about what the basis of our going out is all about. Number one, it comes because we love Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we've trusted him completely. Number two, because of that passage that we heard Jesus sharing with us just a moment ago, that he commands that we go. That's what Ron was talking about in Matthew 28. The message is the same there, that as you are going, be about sharing the message of your hope. Live it out. Let people see it. It's not enough to talk about what a relationship with Jesus Christ is all about. It ought to be demonstrated in what we say and what we do. And when people see us, they go, there's something different with this person. There's something unusual about that person. You know who else they said that about? This man speaks with authority. I'm not talking about some preacher. I'm talking about Jesus as he shared with people in Galilee. They couldn't figure it out. He didn't simply preach a sermon from a passage of Scripture. What he did was he lived that passage out and showed them it was fulfilled in him. That is the message that God would have us share. But the road isn't easy at all. The road is a difficult path for us to follow. We all want it to be easy. We all want things to go well, but that's not the way they normally work, particularly with people we love. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult. If you look at Acts 14, uh, look, if you had, just open your Bibles back to Acts 14 real, real quick with me. You might want to mark these. Look at what happened to him. In Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went uh, as usual, uh, they went to the Jewish synagogue. But look at verse 2. But the Jews refused to believe, stirred up the Gentiles, <clears throat> and poisoned their minds against the brothers. Then look down to verse 5. A plot was among, listen to this, the Gentiles and the Jews that were there together with their leaders to mistreat them and to stone them. What happened next in verse 6? So Paul and Barnabas they slid out of town, and they went to Lyconia, the cities of Lystra and Derbe and surrounding countries, where they continued to preach the good news. So they're doing it someplace else, not where they were. Now what happened? Look in verse 19. Then some of the Jews that came from Antioch and Iconium and had won the crowd over, and what did they do? I just talked about this just a minute ago. They stoned Paul. They dragged him outside the city. In, in Tennessee, I would have said they drug him. Uh, they, drug him, they dragged him outside the city, that is Lystra, and thinking he was dead, they left him there. But then after they'd gone, Paul got up and dusted himself off and continued to preach. How many of us have gone through that kind of persecution? How many of us have gone through that kind of difficulty? I'm here to tell you, in our lives, in your lives, in the brief time I've been here with you, I know some of the burdens that some of you have carried the difficulties that you're going through, the trials that you face. 
And what do we do? We throw up our hands and say, I can't handle it. I can't do this. There's a recognition that needs to come in our lives, each of our lives, and that is that we can't. But with God's power, we can deal with this. With God's strength, we can come up with the answers that we need to for those people that are struggling right now. With our prayer, as we talked about in Sunday school this morning, thank you very much, David. But as we shared that message, we heard what happened. We ought to pray for one another. When we see that, I know we have grandmothers. I know we have mothers and fathers. I know we have aunts and uncles. I know we have brothers and sisters that are praying for family members. I know we have a church that's praying for our neighborhood and seeking to reach out and touch the lost people that are here, to have them know and understand the hope that is ours in a Savior who doesn't look at us for what we bring to him, but looks at us simply because he loves us. And then he seeks to embrace us and to change us. I don't like that. I'm not going to be changed. I want to be my own person. As long as we have that attitude, as long as we have that heart, it's going to be impossible for us to follow the path that Christ has for us. We could sing a song. See, I'm, I, I, love, I love hymns. I love praise songs, too. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I'll follow my Christ who loves me so. What? Wherever he leads. The message is that we see these two men demonstrating that love for us. That is for the people of Lyconian, those Lyconian towns, through Derby and Lystra, all those places. They sought to share that message, and they had a difficult time doing it. We're not going to read it today, but go back to 2 Corinthians. Mark that. If you, take a time. Take, take just a minute. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Look at Paul's litany of all the things that happened to him, all the things that were a part of his life. And this is how he ends it. If you have your Bibles open there, go on, look at the top stuff, but I don't, we're not going to read all that. I want to read the bottom of it. Look down at 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. This is what Paul says. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, the things that Jesus Christ had shared with him, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me this, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. What is it that Jesus Christ wants us to do? Paul figured it out. He says it at the end of that verse, at verse 10, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. There are way too many times in my life where I just strike out on my own and say, I'm going to take care of this. I can do this. I can handle this. God, I really don't need you here. Those are the times I fall flat on my face. Because what God is telling me is you need to recognize that I'm seeking to be with you, to guide you, to direct you, to help you deal with this situation, to help you deal with this problem. I'm going to be there with you through the whole thing. Does that mean that the problem's just going to magically disappear and not be there? If you're dealing with any of the number of drugs that are out there, 
If you've had family members that have struggled with addiction, how quick does that come? Just like that, and there's a change. I'm here to tell you what I've seen is that there is a change that comes when someone turns all this over to the Lord. And then there is a process that we go through. Constant reminders of the fact that God is with you. God is there for you. And here's the gotcha, church. And I am too. But you become God's hands. You become God's feet. You become God's voice when you speak to that person and tell them that you love them and that you care for them because of Christ's love for them. God calls us to recognize that the problems that we're going to have are not easy. They're not simply going to disappear. The same thing happens in our marriages. The problems will always be there. But I remember as Karen and I knelt at Calvary Baptist Church, which is a law office now, I think, we were with the members of Calvary Baptist Church in that building, and I remember the promises that we made to one another were all made to Christ first. And that we were able to remember that and use that relationship we had with Him first as the basis of what we did, of what we said, and how we acted. Did we always get it right? Karen did most of the time, but I can tell you what, I messed up all the time. But there's a change that comes in our lives when Jesus Christ is at the heart and center of who we are. One thing we can do that someone that doesn't have Jesus can never do, we can say, please forgive me. Father, please forgive me for what I've done. I've messed up. God's forgiveness is always a prayer away for every one of us. It's not easy. The path's not easy, and the trials will come. Secondly, God's plan is that we'll walk that path together. As I said, 51 years with Karen. And what a blessing that time has been. There's a passage in Ecclesiastes, you know, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, I use them in memory, uh, excuse me, in weddings regularly. Uh, the message is pretty simple. I don't want to mess it up. Uh, Solomon says basically this. One can be overcome by an enemy pretty easily. But if two are there, what do they do? They protect and guide one another. And then he says this. It was a little confusing for me when I remember years ago when I first read it. He said this, but a cord of three strands is difficult to break. And what I think about that, what we saw Solomon trying to say there, God was saying through him is this pretty simple. Two people are stronger than one person individually. But when you take those two people and wind them together, and you put God's presence and God's Holy Spirit in that relationship, nothing can break that bond. Look and see what happened to Paul and Barnabas as they traveled. Look, look with me again in Acts 14, verses 23 through 25. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each of the churches 
and with prayer and fasting committed themselves to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. After going through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia, and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. Charlie thanked me for giving him that passage of Scripture to read the names of those towns, and Charlie, you did very well. Thank you very much. God's desire is not only that we'd come to him as individuals, but that we would come to him as the body. Where, what's God's word say? Where two or more of you are gathered, I'm there. I'm here. God sent the sin. Jesus sends us out. The Holy Spirit sends us out this way. You know how he does it? He does it in twos. Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas. Peter took, Peter took a couple more guys with him when he went. But usually there was a group. How did Jesus send out the 72? He didn't send them out individually. What did he do? Sent them out in pairs. Did the same thing with the apostles. Sent them out in two. That they might have somebody that was there with them. That is what this church is all about. This church is all about what it means for us to be the body of Christ, working together to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Students, you ought to be relying on one another at school. You ought to be able to go to one another if you've had a problem and say, I'm having a real problem with this. It's not about ganging up on somebody to defeat them. But I can tell you this, you have a God that can handle any situation and any circumstance that you find yourself in. Do that. We do the same thing. But what do we do? Where do we go looking for help today if we're having difficulty in a family relationship with one another? We go on the internet and look to how to deal with this situation with this person. That's a good idea, isn't it? You'll get a lot of sound guidance, a lot of sound direction as you do that, won't you? The internet gives you all kinds of ideas of how to do and how to fix your life. What we see God doing for us and God reminding us through these passages is that it's about the body of Christ moving together. What did, what does God's word tell us? Jesus tells us this, basically. Peter, upon this profession, I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Sometimes we get a misinterpretation of what that passage that Jesus is sharing with us and Peter is all about. We see the gates of hell attacking us trying to overcome us, all the evil in the world. That's not what it is. The gates of hell shall not prevail because Jesus has come, lived, and died, and he conquered death. Jesus says this, says, don't worry, don't be troubled. I, the world's going to bring problems to you, but take heart. What's he say? We talked about this just yesterday. I have overcome the world. That is how we do things as the body of Christ. Not in our strength, not in our ability. When we face financial troubles and trials and struggles, what do we do? Oh man, we need to start getting more money. We need to get more people to be tithing regularly. Is that a good thing? It's a commanded thing. We ought to be doing that. What should we do first? Take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord individually. And say, Lord, you know I'm struggling. Help me do what I need to do to do what God's called me to do as far as my giving is concerned. Remember Jesus had the disciples with him? 
Watched all the people dumping all their money. You know what they used to have? They had a big metal tray they put their money in. The really wealthy people would come and they'd take a bag and they'd take that and they'd dump it in and made lots of noise. Who did Jesus point out to the apostles? Do you remember? There was the widow who didn't have anything. What did she do? I've got one of those coins at the house. One of these days I'll bring it, maybe not, but it's about this big. It has a, a palm on it. That's all it has on it, just a palm. It's about this big, made of copper, 2,000 years old. She took two of those out, and she put it in the offering. What did Jesus say about her? She gave out of her poverty. She gave everything she had. This is where it gets difficult. What does God demand of us? Remember the young man who came to Jesus? Asked Jesus, what do I have to do to inherit the eternal life? Made it pretty simple, didn't he? Jesus went through the whole thing. And the young man said, well, I've done all that. What one more thing should I do? And Jesus told him this, take everything you have and give it to the poor and then come follow me. It's not about giving all our money away. It's about following Jesus and trusting him. That is what Paul and Barnabas did. And that's what they did on this trip. Why did they go back to these places? They went back to these places because they loved those people and cared for them and wanted to be sure that they knew the truth of God's Word lived out in their lives. Because family is there for one another. They did not abandon them. They came to them because those people were having difficulty. God calls each of us to recognize in our lives what it means for us to do what He's called us to, to be together to be about what God has called us to do, to live our lives in such a way that the world would see and know that Jesus Christ is our Lord. Look at verse 22 in Acts 14. They went with a purpose, and this was it. Strengthening the disciples, encouraging them to remain true to the faith. That's what we need to spend time talking about with our children. Let me explain this to you, we say, right? This is how it goes. You need to know how much God loves you. He loved you so much that he gave his one and only son to die on Calvary's cross for you. And that in him you have hope. In him you have life. God sends us out for a purpose. Barnabas and Saul found their strength and encouragement as they shared it with those around them. They built the church up by not abandoning those folks, by, by, but by doing something. Look at verse 23. Paul says this, or Luke says this. Acts and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church, and with prayer and fasting committed themselves to the Lord in whom they put their trust. That should be what we're about. There you go. Rodney? David, other Sunday school, Karen, Karen's not in here, other Sunday school teachers who are, Susan, that's the message that we shared this morning. It's about praying for the needs that are ours. It's about praying through the difficulties that we face 
It's about recognizing what God has done for us. The path is not going to be easy. We're called to do it together. And finally, God's plan of missions, God's plan of love is His and not ours. Look with me in verses 26 through 28. From Italia, they went and sailed back to Antioch, <clears throat> where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work that they, had, that they had accomplished. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened the doors of faith to Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. There's a message that's there for every one of us. It's about what it means for us to recognize the message that we're to share. I have to be real careful of that because everything is a story to me. If I'm not careful, all you'll get is Bob's stories. But you need to know that they are representative of what God has done, is doing, and will do through my life. You have your own stories. You have your own message. And we ought to share it with one another because sometimes we just need strength in our lives to see what somebody else is doing. How God is using somebody else to make a difference for him. That's why we don't be afraid to tell people. That's why we had 104 people from Grace Baptist Church share their faith through 2023, for 12 months, we did that. And on not necessarily uh, 104 people, but on 104 occasions, different people outside this body of Christ heard the good news of Jesus Christ and the salvation that came from him. What do we do? You know, I'll tell you this. What happens at the food pantry? We give praise to God for the things, I've heard this every time I've been there, every Thursday I've been there, we give praise to God for the things that he has done in the lives of those people who are a part of this family. That you tell somebody about, you know, I had the opportunity to talk to Bill just the other day. I believe Bill is under conviction of the Holy Spirit right now. I believe Bill is seeking to follow God's will in his life, to do what he wants him to do. Tell somebody, pray for Bill. Pray for him. Pray that God would speak through him, but use me to help him understand what it means to know the grace and goodness of a loving and caring God. That is our job. When we were in, in North Carolina years ago, one of the wings of this, this was a refueling wing for the Air Force. John up, be sure he's listening to this. He doesn't get the Air Force heard very often, but we've got a couple other airmen I know in here. It was a 9-11 refueling ring. Our church, Madison Avenue Baptist Church, did something for them. We asked them, what would you really be able to use to make a difference in Cutter? Depends on how you want to say it. It comes up different ways, but we, you kind of know where I'm talking. There's an Air Force base there. What we did was we sent, we sent 4,000 packets of crystal light. And on every packet, there was printed that song that we sang. Be strong in the Lord and be of good courage. The message that God shared with us was there and they saw that. 
Well, we did something else. We sent two kinds of magazines that Southern Baptists print. I guess they still print them. We still print them. Home Life magazine, and then there was a singles magazine. I've forgotten how many guys and women were on that base, but I believe the number was in the tens of thousands, not, the, not just thousands. And they had bathrooms <laughs> all over the place that different people went at different times, showers and such. Justin had those magazines, and he shared them with the guys that were in his group. And he said, don't keep this. You share it with somebody else. Justin was at another part of the base, and he said, I had gone there to use the bathroom. I think about that. And you know what was laying there? There was a home life magazine that talked about what it means to be living in Christ every day. I mean, that's what the magazine's all about. What it means to have that personal relationship. And it said right on the front of it, a gift to you from Addison Avenue Baptist Church, Goldsboro, North Carolina. God bless you. Be strong in the Lord. One man, one opportunity, 25 magazines that covered the whole base. Crystal Light was gone quickly, but Justin said the message was spread and that people all over the base knew where those magazines came from and why they came. That's why Paul and Barnabas went back to Antioch to tell the church what was going on, how God was working and moving in the church in someplace else, distant place, easy for us to forget about those places. We can't see them. We can't go there. But God's Word went there. You can't go. Most of us can't go, guys. I'm going to put the pressure on you again. Again, Thank you for being down here today, Nile. I'm glad you're down here. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Forget it, I'm not even looking at you anymore. We can't go to school. We can't share our faith at school. But you know what these three high school students over here can do? They can do it. I can't go to work with you. I can't be there with you. But you know what? You can share that message with those people that you work with, those neighbors that are yours. You can make a difference for Christ in them by what you say and what you do because it's his will, not ours. My prayer would be that each of us would listen to that will and understand it's the love of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God that puts us here in the first place. How are we listening? Do you have hearts for missions? Do you have a heart of love? If you don't know that love, God made it so clear. He gave his one and only son to die on Calvary's cross for us because all of us are separated from God by the sin that's in our lives. God is a holy God. He can't stand the sight of sin, and he won't have anything to do with it. I can use my personal example. A 10-year-old boy, I hadn't, hadn't killed anybody, hadn't murdered anybody. I didn't even know what adultery was. And yet I knew there was something missing in my life. I trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. From that day forward, when God looked at me, he no longer saw the sin that was in my life because my sins were covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. When God looks at me, that's what he sees. 
the price that has been paid. And we gain that very simply, as Paul says in Romans 10, by confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we're at peace with God. When we do that, we're at peace with God and nothing can separate us from that love. God calls us to be working with him. He's calling each one of us that in this room today, each one of us who are here, to answer his call. How will you do so? Please join with me in prayer. Father, we thank you this day for the overwhelming, abounding love that you have for us. And all I can do is ask for forgiveness, and I thank you for that ability, for the times that I fail to communicate clearly the love that you have for each one of us, for the times that I fail to take that opportunity that you've given me and use it for your glory and your honor. For the times that I think it's more important for me to hear my voice uh, than to hear your voice. And I thank you, Father, for the willingness that you have to forgive us. When we become yours, there's nothing that can take us away from you. We talked about this yesterday. Once we become children of God, once we become yours, there can never be anything that will separate us from that love that we have in Jesus Christ. We thank you for that. And if there's one here today that's never made that claim, I pray that this would be the day of salvation for that individual. This would be the day where they say, Father, I know I can't do it on my own. I know I messed up. But Father, I give my heart, my life, my all to you, and I trust Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I'm ready to follow him right now. For those of us that have done that, Father, and we find ourselves in places and doing things we know we shouldn't do, you help us to be ready to recommit our lives to you, to take them, yield them to you again, and say, forgive us, for you are good to forgive, Father. As far as the east is from the west, you put those sins away behind us, not because we're so great, not because we're so fantastic, but because Jesus Christ paid the price for those sins in our lives. Thank you for that love. Thank you for that blessing, for it comes to us through him. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to another service with Grace Baptist Church. If you would like to contact us, all of our information is available on our website, gbcevansville.org. You can also contact us through all of our various social media accounts. Or you could just give us a call. We'd love to hear from you.